Hello everyone, I'm Joseph Roberson and this is King Talk. We welcome you to our unapologetic and transparent discussion on any and all issues related to youth sports. If there's something you'd like to hear discussed, feel free to drop us a line, shoot us a DM. Let us know on IG at King Talk Podcast. That's King Talk Podcast, one word, on IG. You can also find us at face on Facebook at King Talk Podcast and on iHeartRadio and Spotify as well. All right, today, people, today. Hey, I gotta look at I gotta look in there, right? Today, <laughs> I'm blessed with the presence of, of someone I consider a literal genius, right? As it relates to your participation. Uh, I'll let you detail some of that, right? And um, youth athletics, youth sports, and um, a very unique perspective. I want everyone to welcome Fidel Burns. I'm sorry, we got to do our own clapping because we don't have an applause machine, right? All right, all right, all right. Low budget, we doing that one, all right? And also, we have to welcome my young king, John Burns. Welcome, John Burns. Hey, hey, but watch this, though. You so humble about your identity. You better tell them, my brand. You better speak up and tell them you gonna know me now or you gonna know me later. But you gonna know who I am. You got what I'm saying? I mean, at least that'd be my attitude if I was as fresh. <laughs> you know. Hey, so Fidel, one of the reasons, um, you know, first of all, thank you. I appreciate you coming to participate with me. It means a lot to me, um, both based on the insights you can share with people and your wisdom. And also based on my relationship with, with you and me valuing you and all the feedback you've given me, even as it relates to my own child over the years. So, you know, I appreciate you dearly. Um, so watch this. Some people don't celebrate it. I get it. At the same time, just acknowledging today is Halloween. So watch this. So we go go with this cool format for Halloween, right? <laughs> we gonna tell some stories. Yes, sir. They ain't gotta be horror stories, right? But I'm sure as it relates to youth athletics, you've seen some horror stories, right? Yeah. Now, but that being said, I always, uh, you know, jokes aside, I become fascinated with your stories, both as it relates to the young people themselves, young student athletes, as well as their parents. Jokes aside, some of them have been horror stories in terms of people's lack of understanding of what it truly, this journey is really about and um, how to push their student athletes in a way that allows them to excel, but that doesn't burn them out, whether we're talking about physically or emotionally, right, mm -hmm. uh, psychologically. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to, uh, I don't even need to direct the discussion. I just wanted to know, we have so much dialogue, some of the stories you shared with me over time. Um, I guess if we could start it out, watch this. One day you told me, we were talking about your track team. Oh, everyone, I'm sorry. Fidel coaches with, how do I say it appropriately? The West Valley Eagles yeah, youth, track club youth, or youth track West and field Valley, club. Yes, youth track and field club. Okay, yes. got that. All right. So, and in addition, is it okay for me to shout out any other uh, roles you fulfill in the community, or with the institutions, or you want to keep it feel, low key? I feel free. Feel okay, free. so you're also um, part of the coaching staff at St. Francis School yeah. as well. Okay, yes. I coach All the right. relays and the sprints. There you go, the relays and the sprints. Yeah. Okay, and sometimes don't, the only reason I share that with people too sometimes so they understand the credibility behind what we're saying. Yeah. How long have you been coaching with West Valley? West Valley, I'm going on I think my 16th year. Wow, same. So point. you didn't raise generations at this. Yes, thing. yes. Okay, blessed to have athletes that come back and share their whether it's high school, college experience with me. Right. And how things are different 
whether it be better or worse mm-hmm. as they move forward in life. Wow. When you say better or worse, what do you mean? Um, okay, first of all, when you're, when you're coaching youth athletes, mm-hmm. and I separate it because the high school athlete is a different mindset than the youth athlete. Okay. And the youth athlete, our goal is to have this child prepared to participate at the high school level, if not go further. Gotcha. Um, most of the athletes that leave our program, by the time that they get to the high school, you know, coaches are happy with them knowing a lot of things that you don't have to coach. With right. me coaching on the high school level, sometimes I have to explain a lot of things to my 16-year-old that my 9 and 10-year-old already knew at 9 and 10. Oh, wow. So it's a big, big learning curve. And I'm sure that the kids appreciate it mm-hmm. when they get there. Gotcha, gotcha. So, and a lot of times they can help the coaches out right. with their friends. Right. The peers relate to peers a lot better than they relate to a coach. Okay. Hey, so what, what I wanted to uh, start with, if it's okay, is mm-hmm. one day you were telling me, and this was years ago, yeah. right? And I bring it up quite often because it fascinated me. Um, because a lot of times parents think they know sports. Mm-hmm. So I don't care what sport it is. Well, you know, my son or daughter, they run this fast. And, uh, you know, my son or daughter can shoot. They're the best shooter on a team. And my, my son or daughter is the best dribbler. They got the best ball handles, right? Now, your kid has no IQ for the sport, but you did teach them how to dribble a ball. Now, they often dribble away from the rim through their legs and backwards. But, <laughs> but and, you know, and, and once I'm being facetious, I'm joking, but it just blew my mind because I realized parents oftentimes don't have an IQ for the, for the sport. And sometimes we have to humble ourselves because they'll be sitting there trying to determine the value of their child and why doesn't the coach use them this way. And you told me the story that I thought was so deep about one of your, I think, four by 100 teams, like a, a relay team. And you were telling me, as you were telling the story and you were telling me about your anchor, I just kind of interrupted and was like, okay, and your anchor was the fastest person. And you was like, no. And then so automatically I'm questioning you like, hold on, hold on. How, how would not your anchor be this person? This person right? <laughs> and when you explained to me the thought process, I've always marveled over it. Do you recall the story well enough to tell it where you could share that with everyone? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I remember. I remember that group. Uh, I've had a lot of different groups and your groups are going to be mainly your four fastest kids. Okay. Right. And those kids have physical abilities that you have to take for granted. Some are faster learners. Okay. Or that you ain't trying to take for granted or you yeah. do take for What do you well, mean? Some things you do take for granted, some things you don't. Okay. But what I, what I say is that this kid may have a physical ability, but if he's not smart enough to hand that baton, you might have to grab number five. Oh, you know, wow. because wow. the team will go faster. I've had I, one year in particular, I had to remove my second fastest because I felt like he wasn't given enough. And I put in the fifth guy and we went something like two seconds faster than we ever did in the season. Oh, wow. So just being able to determine that. Um, but the year that you're talking about, I remember um, the anchor is that person that's not going to lose. That's going to that's going to fight for every inch, every hair. He's going to get everything, and, and no matter what, you know when he gets the baton, you're safe. Right. Okay. Whether it's and, – and I've had one kid that if you gave him the lead, he wasn't giving it up. Mm-hmm. And I've had another kid that if he was behind, he was going to get whoever it was in front of him. Wow. Wow. Yes, yes. So even technically, if we say based on personal records – or time, this person was faster, but you just understood it's not always about that. There's a mentality. 
and this person has a certain, oftentimes in sports, we say this person got dog in them, uh-huh. where this person is about to go get who's ever in front of them. Yeah, okay, listen, I had an athlete that one year we were the second fastest team in Southern California. And the fastest team had the absolute fastest kid. And I had a kid that was really fast. And, but everybody fears number one. And if you fear number one, you lose before the race starts. Okay. So in practice, I taught them not to fear number one. I said, listen, when we're doing this drill, I want you to pretend that the number one guy is receiving the baton at the same time as you. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? Are you going to just assume that they won and we took second? Or are you going to fight till we get to the end? Right. And listen to me. This athlete had never beaten that kid in his life, probably still to this day. Okay. So I created the environment in practice, and, and the athlete said, Coach, you got me nervous. Creating that environment in practice. Okay. That kid was 50, 60 miles away. Right. But creating that environment in practice took his mind to a place where like, whoa, this could really happen. Yeah. And truth be told, years later, it did happen. They took the baton at the same exact time. He had never beaten this kid in his life. Our team won by one one one-hundredth of a second. Wow. And one one one-hundredth of a second is dang near we neck and neck. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But... This kid's faster than you. If you're neck and neck, he should pull away from you. Right, right. But the the environment that we created, the competitive environment that we created in practice, prepared him from there. And and a lot of that, to me, is more mental than it is physical. Right. Physically, you got all the tools or you're not even going that far. We were battling the best teams in Southern California, which is, to me, the best state in America racing. You know, these children, a lot of these teams that leave Southern California are guaranteed to be in the top three in the country every yeah. year oh wow wow so yeah is florida up there too for some reason it's always yeah. been the state yeah. of florida florida yeah. pretty fast yeah. too yeah very. okay very. okay you say yeah too john <laughs> john shaking his head like yeah yeah okay we don't fear florida but but they but, usually but they respect use, respect yeah. We allow them to stand next to us on the podium. Oh, yeah. oh that's, <laughs> that's deep. I like that, though. I like that. Hey, you know what I appreciate about what you just said, too, is, is it's not about fear. It's just respect. Um, be, and when I say that, I just mean this. Um, no matter who's on the field of competition against you, there's a respect for your opponent and respect for the game. Yes. So one thing I'm really trying to explain to different kids I coach is this. I don't care if you perceive the person across from you to be a lesser athlete than you. Mm-hmm. Respect the, this moment of competition, that you are in competition with yourself to be your best. And so you have to dominate them at a certain level. Now you could do yes. it with class and you can do it with, um, you know, with dignity, right? And then at the same time, because sometimes I see what people will perceive this person is not a worthy opponent. And so therefore you don't do your best. But what you did was you just gave them hope and you gave them life. Yeah, yeah. And so now you made them believe in themselves because you weren't competing at the level. And, and people don't realize one thing about humanity. One of the most powerful things we possess is hope. You know, and we're talking, not talking about sports. We're talking about life in general. So mm-hmm. when you want to really dominate someone, you have to remove all hope. So, you know, some of the examples I give, I don't even know if I feel comfortable saying them, but I don't <laughs> care who I compete with. So yeah. the, the, let me use this example because I feel like, I don't care if it was an infant in a in a stroller, <laughs> right? <laughs> hey, look, the way you gonna see me play D is you gonna be like Joe tripping, yeah, or you know, yeah. right? And then when the game is over, that's when I'll be like, 
hey, I'm sorry. You know that that wasn't yeah. necessary, right? But for the moment we're competing, I respect this game, whatever game or whatever field of competition I'm in enough that I am going to do my best. And so it's not really about fear whether you're, and even if you're the best, if you're the best and you know, I just respect the game enough, I'm about to give you my best and I'm not gonna concede victory just off from the standpoint of that's not what you came for. Yes, I'm yes. about to leave and because it's the same thing in you know, physical confrontations when I was young in the streets. Like I might lose, but you ain't gonna wanna fight me again. You ain't gonna want to keep fighting me because you're gonna know, like, oh, like this dude, I had to kill him, you know? <laughs> so, you know, that's how I approach competition, but, you know, it is what it is. So, I was fascinated with that story because I just perceived, you know, I had never really understood the psychology of something that, like, where you mentioned this person ran my anchor because no matter how fast the other person was, there was a spirit within this individual where they were gonna never let someone come from behind and beat them. Ever. You know? And I don't think that's how parents and outside observers gauge sports well it should be this person because of this and this person should yeah. be your guard because they had the best handles but they don't really have an understanding of how to get their teammates involved mm -hmm. or this should be your, and, and people just don't get the bigger context you know mm -hmm. mm. my thoughts my thoughts no no I'm, I'm fully in agreement with that fully in agreement mm. so how do you um what's some of the most rewarding times you've had as a coach like what do, to do it for 16 years yes okay because i'm gonna say i'm gonna share something real selfish i'm not gonna be coaching that long right <laughs> right now i don't know who knows who knows my father had been coaching so long he coached my little brother all the way through college and till my brother went you know to play professionally and then he got another set of kids and coached them all the way through college and he went back and got, I think, what may be his last set of kids, but I think they're started over again, and they like maybe nine or ten you. Me, I can be honest with people, I did it more in relationship to my son. Yeah. And as I look at different coaches, I feel like everyone has a reason they choose to participate in coaching. That being said, there's, I find it rewarding based on the acknowledgement of young people that you participated in their life and trying to pass mm -hmm. information along. And then at the same time, there's a part of me that when it's done, I'll be glad to selfishly spend my time, relax, enjoy. Why, why have you stayed in this for 16 years? Uh, it's, it's, first of all, I enjoy it. And I believe life is to be enjoyed. Mm. Doing the things that you enjoy, whatever that is. And it doesn't feel like work when you love doing it. Okay. Yeah. Um, being in it for that long, of course, I started too with my oldest son. Right, right. Now I'm coaching my younger son, and that, yeah. that has a lot to do with it too, but I don't coach the sport to coach them. Okay. When they're at the age of the division that I coach, I coach them. Okay. And when it's time for them to move on, I move on. I have them 24 hours a day. Right. So if they're missing something, I can either say, hey, son, you know, when you did this, you could have did this a little better. Or, you know, I can say little things, you know. Right, right. A little, sometimes a little harsher than others. Okay. But um, the goal is to keep it fun. Yeah. Anything you do, if you keep it fun, the kids love to do it. And as long as the kids enjoy me being out there, I would love to continue to coach. Right. But, you know, at some... So you don't just coach your, your son, no. no matter what level they're on. You coach a certain group or a certain age range. And then yeah. once they get in that age range, you coach them. And once they're before or after that, you let them move forward. Yes. Okay, watch this. I got to put you on the spot, John. This is real life player now. Watch this. Feel free to say what you want to say. At the same time, you know what's so crazy about when people say that? People used to say that to me when I was a kid. 
They're like, no, say what's really on your mind. I'd be like, man, <laughs> you ain't going to be at home with me when I'm getting knocked out. <laughs> what are you talking about? Say what I want to say. Hey, when people say that, right? Hey, that being said, your pops was saying it has to be fun. Is it fun for you? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, you're going to be real simple. It's like, yes. <laughs> yes. What's fun about it? What do you like? I like to win, first off. Okay, that's real life. And second, I'm spending time with my father, my friends. Okay. Just being an athlete. You like the life of an athlete? Yeah. Hey, you like that picture you put up on IG with your muscles showing, homeboy, (laughs) fashion? That's what you like, huh? I ain't stupid, homeboy. I know what you like. Hey, let me ask you a question. Do your dad be tripping? No. Oh, see, I I don't even believe you no more. I, I, I I don't believe you no more, John. So your dad don't ever be tripping. Hey, watch this. I coach. I know I be tripping with my son. I don't think he be tripping. I think he keeps it 100. Like, oh, wow. if I do bad in the race, he's going to tell me. Okay. He's going to tell me what I did wrong. He's going to tell me how I can improve on it. So right. I don't really count it as tripping. Okay. Oh, I respect that. Hey, because you would rather that and the ability to keep, compete at a high level than your dad being nice to you, telling you whatever you want to hear, mm-hmm. but where you're not prepared to compete. Mm-hmm. Hey, do you feel fear? Do you ever feel fear out there? No. You really don't? Do you feel nervous, though? Yeah. Nervous? Okay. Yeah, I'm nervous okay. every race. And there's a difference between the two? To me, yes. I got you. Hey, because, so even in college, playing football, it was sports meant enough to me that I don't care whether I was at the park or in the neighborhood. Like, I always felt an anxiety, a level of nervousness before the game. And then football in college, I always felt nervous. Like, at kickoff, uh, you know what I used to trip out? We, did, we got a whole, in football, the pregame is like a whole hour. And that seems long, but you watch that clock winding down and you just, all of a sudden you're on the field and they're about to kick the ball off. I used to feel some level of nervous anxiety and until the ball was actually in the air. And then at that moment, it would all go away because exactly. I would know yeah. I'm prepared for this moment. When do you, you feel your nervousness up until when? Once that, go, once that gun goes off. You outro? Yeah. It's, uh, all the nervousness flies behind me. Okay. Okay. Hey, too, I be tripping. Like, even when I run now, so now I'm older. So, of course, I ain't racing with people, but I still do interval training and jogging. So, when I'm jogging, I ain't tripping. But when I start my interval training, I be like, don't fall. <laughs> don't fall. Don't fall. We've and, seen them on the track out yeah. there getting it in. You know, actually, yeah. <laughs> hey, why did, why did, I'm going to tell y'all this story. Why? And, and so, I'm telling you this story. I, I'm, I got crazy uh, psychological issues, right? So, I'm saying it while we're doing a podcast and filming, and I'm like, don't ever repeat it. <laughs> as, if, as if I ain't intended for people to hear, right? But I was on the track like maybe three months ago up at Crespi. I'm running around the track, and there's a tarp. My brother, the tarp catch my foot. I'm going to blame it on the tarp. Uh, I'm going to blame it on the tarp, even though the tarp was sitting there for the last the eight weeks. The it, right? The tarp jumped up and grabbed my foot. My brother, I tripped. Hey, hey, the way I hit the ground and rolled, though, you would have uh, thought I was a superhero, right? <laughs> and then I popped up, and the first thing I did was look around and see. Oh. Like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but what was so crazy? It was people doing construction because they working on the field, uh, on the pool, and they were the only ones out there. And I know a couple of them saw, but they had enough dignity for me that they just looked the other way. <laughs> Hey, because if someone did that in front of me, I'd be dying. And then afterwards, I check on them, right? I check on them, but I would, I'd be dying. Hey, um, what events do you run? 
I mostly run the 400 and the 800. Yeah. What do you like about those? Most of us, when we think of track, it's, it's always like the 100 and 200. So the 400, 800, that's just too much running for a brother. <laughs> <laughs> hey, after the first turn, I'm out. But what do you like about those events? I just, because I'm good at it, too. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. Now, let me ask you a question. Were you good at it? And therefore, you liked it? Or did you like it, work hard, and therefore become good at it? And the only reason I ask that because there's this statement about do what you love. Mm -hmm. Do what you have a passion for. And then I was reading a book recently where the gentleman was making an argument. I don't think that's accurate. He said, I think people work hard at something till they become good at it. And therefore, they become passionate about it, you know? So did you just like running a 400 and 800? Or did you just work so hard it became good and that's what made you enjoy it? <laughs> I think I, I was good at it the first time I did it and okay. I've continued in getting better. Is the 400 the one time around the track? Yes. And 800 is two? Two times. And you can sprint the whole time? Not sprint, but I can open up my stride. And okay, it's a nice down. open stride? Yeah. I mean, but your stride probably look like my sprint. <laughs> hey, it's not a sprint for him, but your stride probably look like my sprint, huh? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I see. You could keep it 100, huh? All right, that's deep. That's deep. Pops, I need some of them stories, though, man. I need some of them stories. I just need to, you know, kind of really share with people, your, like, your perspective. Another thing you were... T hey, look, don't make me run down the list of everything you shared with me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because another thing that um, you shared that I thought was deep is about overworking our children. Yeah. Um, matter of fact, I don't want to say no more. You tell them what that conversation was like. Um, I have a perspective of, you know, 16 years, I have tons of stories. Mm -hmm. You know, stories good, stories bad. Um, me, my value is seeing that athlete accomplish something mm -hmm. or overcome something. Because the way that I like to say it is I'm teaching life through track and field. Okay. So we're talking about the benefits of hard work. Right. We're talking about your attendance. Mm -hmm. Okay. And the benefit of our program is that, listen, if you miss Monday and you show up Wednesday, we're going to ask you where you were. Right. Right. A lot of programs are not a little more lenient in, in attendance. Okay, I have a dentist appointment, so I know you won't be there Wednesday. Right. But you'll have Johnny that is coming straight from soccer practice to track practice. And some kids can handle it. And we never know when they can't handle it until it's too late. Oh, that's G. It's too late. They're injured. That's why you know they can't handle it. Um, so I think that there's a balance. Um, I think it's great for kids to participate in multiple sports. I think that the problem is, the biggest problem with that, the multiple sport thing at the same time, mm -hmm. the coaches never talk to each other. Right, they don't communicate. Yeah. So if I got a heavy practice on Monday and that coach has a heavy practice on Monday, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no communication between me and that other coach. Right. So. Your son has to pretty much be yeah. experimental, like yeah. crash test them, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so I think it's very important. Most of my multi-sport athletes, I make it a point to step out of practice for a second and talk, okay, what did you do? What did you, you know, I, right. at that point, me, I'm going to talk to the athlete. Okay, how you feeling? Okay, good. Yeah, soccer was tough today. Okay, I tripped, I fell. You know, I'm a little sore right here on my knee. Yeah. Okay, so my expectation of you that day is a lot. Right. It's not. It's a lot less. I may ask you to do core. Well, you didn't do core in soccer, so I can I can get a fresh core. Right. Instead of, I know one thing you did at soccer was run. Right. 
So maybe my practice will ask for something different of you. And uh, being blessed to have as many volunteer coaches as I have at this point, I'll have a coach designated to look after it. Okay, listen, you know, you're going to take this person, you're going to do core, you're going to do, I mean, we're, we're stretching the hip flexors, we're doing agility work, we're doing plyometrics, we're doing a lot of advanced things that these kids will continue to do until they're in college. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, once you injure an athlete, it's too late. And and you have two sides of the spectrum. You have that athlete that, that's doing too many sports, and you have that athlete that you show up at the track and their parent already had them do 10, 10 hard sprints. Mm. Um, the thing about my specific system, I take the warm-up is just as serious as the workout and is just as serious as the cool-down. So if you have to leave early... Guess what? I'm not leaving you after the work, the warm up and the workout and you just leave. Yeah. No, we're going to cool you down early and stretch you out early right. and have you prepared for the muscles to gradually slow down versus going full speed and you just stop. Oh, that's deep. That's deep. Hey, you know, I think that's so deep, too, because that's something people more familiar with is, OK, we're going to get you stretched, warmed up, yeah. stretched, and then we're going to. But a lot of coaches in any sport don't really take the time to stretch you out after mm -mm. you're done. And people yeah. don't really understand the benefits of that. Hey, the other thing is this. I just wanted to share what I did with my son because I had to learn some things, too. It is this. We'd be playing multiple sports. And, you know, based on partly athletics, partly cultural background, excuse me, partly sociocultural background, socioeconomic my son would develop a certain understanding about the expectations of how we we get through things, homeboy, with no excuses, no can like, just do it, don't offer it, right? So therefore, he had gotten to an extreme where no matter what he was going through physically, he wouldn't even tell you. You got me? Yeah. And so I had to begin paying attention to that because that's what he thought it meant when he didn't realize, not like, no excuses is not the same as like my brother, you gotta take care of yourself. <laughs> so what would happen is this, and I understand exactly what you're saying because we just doing what we do. So he would commit to multiple things. And I'd tell him, you got to take care of your body. But in his mind, like, well, look, if the coach say, do this, do this. So we might come from some level of workout that was taxing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then go to another game where he might get the phone call that went directly to him, not even to me. And he's like, oh, so-and-so asked me what I show up and play at this game. I was like, oh, you want to? He's like, yeah, or well, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So then we go to a game. And the coach later on be telling me like, oh yeah, he really got, he got to get conditioned. Joe. <laughs> At this point, he need to be conditioned. He out there being late. Like even one time his uh, coach his, his freshman year in high school said this. And um, you know, I wanted to, to be honest with you, dang it, I always try to be appropriate, but I, I wanted to put hands on dude, but I didn't know, right? Of course I didn't, cause that's yeah. not what I do. Y'all yeah. heard me, that's not what I did, right? <laughs> right? But what happened was, he hurt himself in practice, right? Mind you, he sprained his ankle. He was on the ground. I don't get out the stands, homeboy. That ain't me. Because I need to know whether you're so hurt you need me right now or can you walk this out on your own because I'm not going to be with you at all times in society. Mm -hmm. So his coach went out there and helped carry him off. So my son, just to type, homeboy, I'm going to tape it up. And he tried to get back out there, but you can see where you're not really no good. Mm -hmm. You should sit down, homeboy. You hurt but I got to let him discover some of these things, right? So then the next day, he had, I can't remember if it was the next day or two days later, he had a game. 
Now, mind you, his coach just carried him off. So in the game, the coach after the game said, like, man, he out there dogging it. He's not giving me his best. Is that right? He's not making a great effort. Then I, so I asked him, I was like, my brother, he couldn't even walk yesterday. Yes, and you had to yes. carry him. Did you now, this what, the, this is what the coach <laughs> said to me, though, that I was like, dude, you don't have no background in athletics. Yeah. You don't. And that's what's bothering me because almost anybody is saying they're a coach nowadays. <laughs> the same way I be seeing videos of God. trainers. Hey, if people be coming up with these training methods, I'd be like, that's not training, homeboy. That's not your imagination, right? But what happened was the coach said, um, this is what he said that I thought was that. He said, I asked him, could he go? And then he was like, you know, he told me he could. And I thought to myself, like, my brother, I played. I played. I'm surrounded by a world of athletes. That's how all of us train and respond. Yeah. And none of us go bow out, homeboy. There's a certain point at which we'll die out there for you. So it's not that you, you know, pull him out, set him down, and let him know that, like, hey, you really don't have it. You, the best you have right now with your bad will, it ain't good enough. I need you to sit down and heal before you tear the worst. But you're projecting something on to mine that's really about what's in your head. Because your first presumption is that he's not giving it his all. My brother, you just saw he couldn't even walk, right? Or I've also seen, though, when coaches I brought in from a different sport and they don't realize the work he just put in. Yeah. Especially basketball tournaments, you might have, especially your kid play for two, three teams, right? Yeah. Oh, so they, they play a game, then another game, then y'all drive back and he'll go to practice after he just ran two games and played the whole mm -hmm. game. The coach like, man, you should be conditioned by now. Yeah. Well, bro, I just told you he, so just because you weren't visually there as a coach, you still have to be able to have an understanding of like, okay, they just did explain to me that this is what this student athlete did. And it's, I just relate that to, it's very important to have an open line of communication with your child, mm -hmm. being your son, daughter, mm -hmm. and with your athlete. Mm -hmm approaching it from a coach's perspective wow. because what does this world teach our men to do the culture of this world of society of of the neighborhood of of athletics mm -hmm. it teaches a man to be strong and not to ever show his weakness right 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 so with me that that's why a lot of these systems have one coach which i'm truly against i think every coach needs an assistant needs somebody to see that other side Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, as much as I'd like to think I'm right 100% of the time, I do go to my coaches. When there's an injury involved, listen, first thing we're doing is we're charting it. Okay. Johnny's hamstring was bothering him on Wednesday. And we're going to talk to Johnny about it. Okay, how's it feeling? Okay, are you ready to go? Now, if we get to a track, if, if we're in the... I try to avoid injuries at all costs, but right. if we're in the season and this is what we're dealing with, yeah. well, we're not going to load Johnny up with a full thing. Johnny may not even run the relay that day. Okay, listen, let's get through an event. Let's see how you feel. I'm going to talk to you after the event. Right. Well, how did that feel? Okay, well, your time looked good. You looked strong on, uh, on the track. These are the things that you go through before you allow the athlete to do what they want to do. Right. Because, right. listen, whether it's fun, whether it's trying to accomplish your, your preseason goals. I talk about all these things with my athletes. What's your preseason goals? What's your expectations of yourself this year? What is this? What is that? You know, and once you get them into that mindset, they're going for that. And when they get close, and this is the next meet, and I'm a little bit hurt. Okay, well, listen, we're not willing to risk it all for this minor accomplishment. Right, right. Okay, practice is, is for our specific practice, we have somebody working with you. Okay, if it, kids that are injured, a lot of, and, and what we're getting nowadays, 
and I hate to even saying this out of my mouth. I think last season I had about four athletes show up injured before the season started. Wow. Coming into the season, they before, hurt. Before I, when I get introduced to them and excited to see them for a new season, oh, well, they had this little thing when they were doing X, Y, and Z, as well as you have the, the parent coaching the athlete, and the athlete yeah. ends up injured. Well, this athlete didn't even train with us, but comes to the track limping. Right. Um, I'm in direct communication with them. I, I don't, I, I'm not a person that's going to say, the parents said they're good. No. no Listen, how do yeah, you feel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Does this hurt? And, I, and I'm, I'm going to have you do something at 50%. And if I see a minor limp, I know something is there, whether you tell me you're good or not. Right. Because, right. because the sport teaches you to be strong. Yeah. And you have to fight through it. Yeah. Yeah. In football, that may work. But in track and field, I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> if you're at 95% yeah. you got to race yeah. me, you're going to have a hard day that day. Right, right. And, and you do risk injuring something else. And yes, even though there, there is a different mentality to different sports, I would say that is in general. Like, parents have to understand that because you do risk long-term injury. And life, like everything, is a marathon, not a sprint. So it can't just be about the outcome of today's match, today's meet, today's game, today's mm -hmm. competition. Mm -hmm. It has to be an understanding of the long-term yeah. health and well-being of your child because that's the one body you're going to have forever. Forever. And, and what some people don't realize, so I had a uh, one knee surgery um, in college, and I have to attend to that knee now. Yes. As if, like, you know, and deal with it and work it out or else I'll still feel the impact of that surgery in my daily life. And last year I had surgery on the other knee, so I really am dealing with the long-term implications yes. of playing sports at a competitive level. And so people really don't understand, like it can affect the quality of your life. Mm -hmm. So you better be thoughtful about how you care for yourself and not just tear your body up. And especially as parents, we yeah. shouldn't be participating in the physical demise of our children, you no. know? No. And especially overworking them. And I just see that. So I do see that often now. Because even when we were younger, it was more often that every sport wasn't year-round. No. Yeah, almost every sport now has the potential to be year-round yes. in terms of, of the training. And the other thing is I think it worked to our benefit to play multiple sports. Because mm -hmm. different sports put different emphasis on different parts of your body. Mm -hmm. And so we did more non-sport-specific training and workouts. Yeah. Whereas Working now, different muscles, right. muscle, the confusion of the muscles. And I, I don't see that quite as much because there's this trend of the last, what, I don't know, 15 years, 20, I don't know how long it's really been where it's like, hey, you have to specialize in this one sport yeah. and that's all you can really play. And that's what I'm seeing at the youth level. By the time a kid is 11 years old, they've chosen their sport, yeah. which I don't, I don't believe in. That. And that's what I, I mentioned it to you about your son. Yeah. It's a blessing to have an athlete that in their mind wants to go out and participate in basketball and then football and then track and field in you know in that short period of, of yeah, time that yeah. he's been in high school yeah. that's a blessing just just to want to do it let yeah. alone follow through yeah. and make those commitments yeah because they're very taxing on your body um and one another thing that that i think that a lot of people do underestimate is the quality rest yeah the off yeah. season is an off season for a reason right right how much right. you sleep, how well you sleep. 
you know, how much you work out and the rest, that's another component. I don't... It is a component oh. of the training. Hey, I'll give you another one is this. And I don't even mean to an extreme, but I just mean period. You could not be an athlete and your nutrition is important. Extremely. But especially if you choose to be an athlete and you're putting these demands on your body, well, you better know that the foods you eat have some nutritional value because there's a lot of things we eat simply because it tastes good. Oh, there's man. absolutely no nutritional value to a lot of the foods we consume. Also, there are other things I've learned to do. So for instance, this stretching is a great exercise. Yeah. We can go do everything ain't about some weightlifting, ain't about just cardio sprinting, but you know, mm -hmm. there's plyometrics are excellent. There's all these different variances of, of working out, yeah. but something as uh, simple as stretching. Some of those stretches you were showing me that really work on the hips. Yes kind of takes me back to yoga. When I was in college, I walked into this uh, yoga studio. You done any yoga yet? Or so. watch this, when you do, you remember me. And remember <laughs> I told you this story. So I go into the yoga studio and a, a gentleman asked me in front of everybody, he was like, oh, well, uh, you know, what are you here for? Like, what do you hope to get out of it? And I was like, you know, I just really want to uh, be more flexible, more agile, I want to work on my stretching. And he's just like, okay, okay, right? And excited, damn man, what? so now I'm in a room, I think I was the only man. And I think most of the women were considerably older than me. We're talking about some people who uh, might have been in their late 50s, early 60s, right? Yeah. When we started the yoga poses, my brother, hey, watch that. I was humble. They was doing some stuff where you on one leg, bending down with the other leg in the air, yeah. right? Um, balancing on one leg. I had to go stand on the wall, put my hand on the wall. And so then I realized, like, oh, this ain't even just about stretching. These are strength and core exercises yes, yes. that I'm incapable in of doing. And I'm considering myself a college athlete. And I have these women who society would call elderly, but up in there doing these workouts I can't do. And it was very humbling. So it was another thought to me, like, okay, from now on, as it relates to preparing to compete at least at the collegiate level, when I was there, I was like, oh, yoga is going to be involved in my workout. And what I enjoyed about the yoga was it wasn't because it was strenuous and it was hard yes. but there was no damaging impact on my body in terms of pounding my knees and my legs so i think that's something even parents can look at our what other other things you can do with your child that's not deteriorating their body necessarily yeah. you know so. i mean we stretch together we'll sit down yeah. and do a couple of little stretches and we're talking and it, it's a great you know for the father and son thing it's a great I'm Time sorry, hold on, to... I gotta cut you off in the mother, daughter, father, father, oh, yeah, daughter, yeah, all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And somebody daughter, listening mother, right oh, now oh, talking about like, man, no. you ain't mentioned, right? Oh man, my daughter. Oh, it would be hot, huh? Like, don't forget me. Listen, my daughter's very young and she's mad because yeah. I don't let her work out the way she wants to. Okay, like so that. So yeah, the the father daughter, the mother son, the yeah, mother son, mother daughter, any Period. combination. Right. It's a great time to you know, you're stretching, it's nothing strenuous. Mm-hmm. But you're getting to know yourself, you're getting to know where your athlete's at yeah. in those areas because some of the best athletes are very tight. Right. Just, just really muscular. Right, right, you right. Know, they need but that don't, movement. don't have a full range of motion with their bodies. Hey, can right. I ask you? Okay, so John, I just got, I got this question for you. And one of the reasons I had this question is because I think parents and uh, their children don't talk often enough about, hey, what is your purpose in doing this? What do you want out of this? So even when we talk about track, what is it that you want out of track? Do, do you have certain things that you want track to do for your life? Or is it just like, no, I just have fun doing it, but I don't want to do this in high school. I don't want to do it in college. I don't. What is it you want from track? 
Oh, honestly, I I just have fun doing it. I like because okay. I, I know I'm good at it. Right. So I would like to continue doing it in high school, college. Right. And okay. Even if I make it far enough. Okay. And do you, are you comfortable? You, you let your dad know that? Your dad knows that? Yeah. Okay. And then if it ever wasn't fun for you. Would you be comfortable telling your pop? I feel kind of crazy asking you this in front of your pop. <laughs> hey, when I was younger, I used to be getting knocked out, right? So the school officials would come to my house and be trying to talk to us in front of my parents. I used to be like, no, I'm telling you nothing in front of my father, right? In front of my but um, would you be comfortable going to your father to say that? Like, I'm kind of over it now? For sure, yeah. Okay. Is it just track for you, or are there other sports you like to compete in, too? Um, yeah, I think it's just track. It's just track for you. Hey, my son came and told me, so I, I knew the real, because my son came and told me, he's like, um, hey, I don't want to do soccer no more. I was like, you done with soccer? I was like, what are you? I said, what don't you like about soccer? He's like, all oh, this running in the sun. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, you really over it? And then he, so he let me know. He's like, I, I'll do uh, basketball. He asked me for football for years, but I felt like he had to make me let him do football. Cause I felt like he didn't really understand the implications of football, so I wanted that. What you? Why are you not in that him? What? No, he he really wants to play football, and that's what he talks about it a lot right now. He wants to play basketball too. Okay, but he, okay. he's really on the football thing. Oh, dad, I could. Man, listen, I could run the kickback. Dad, I can do this. Hey, hey, look, look, you probably could though. <laughs> track track has a kind of direct translation to football in terms of speed, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you got to have hands too. And then the only difference with track two is a lot of it is this straight line running, and you got to make sure you got that zigzagging. Because yeah. I don't hear, I mean, how fast you are, you running a straight line, eventually somebody going to get that nice <laughs> lick on you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, but that's what I wanted for my son. I got to tell you what scared me about my son, though. I couldn't tell him this when he was younger. He said, um, he said hey, I want to play football. And I was like, I'll let you play football. You do play football. And he's like, you let me play flag. And I was like, yeah, that's cool. Flag he was like, play. I need to play tackle. And I was like, oh, why do you want to play tackle? He's like, I like to hit people. And then right when he said that, I thought to myself, yeah, that's the problem, homeboy, like them collisions. <laughs> so somebody who was ignorant to sports one day said to me, I was telling him about the pain my body feels from playing football. And I only played five years, right? So the person told me, like, well, yeah, that's why you, uh, you're supposed to be the hammer, not the nail. If you're not, I thought to myself, you must never play football. Because that sounds good to say, like, be the aggressor. But 10 years down the line, your body don't know whether you was the aggressor or not. Your body knows that you've been in this many collisions, you know. But that being said, I'd never take back playing football. But football ain't no joke, though. See, the difference with, with football is this. You ever notice how people posture themselves in basketball are always running up on each other? Mm-hmm. You don't get away with that in football. Mm-hmm. In football, between these whistles, we about to see each other. You know, that being said, I did see on the NBA last night where they was getting in a fight. You know, I think somebody actually, but now I got to go back to watch the film and see, was it a real squabble or was it just some weird wrestling on the ground? But that's the only thing about football. Football most definitely comes with consequences, but so does any sport. Track has its consequences. Soccer has its consequences. I used to think like all water sports was the safest because it was in the water. Mm -hmm. But now working with collegiate athletes who do water polo and swim, I didn't know. Like, no, there's implications to this. Injuries too. Yeah, I know. I had no idea. (laughs) I know. I'm thinking like, well, you're in the water. That's where I go to do my therapy. So you got. So I've had some of my water polo. I didn't know there's this uh, part of the cardio they do is filling up those big office water coolers with bottles. filling them up with water and holding them up while they're treading water. And I didn't know there's no way that doesn't negatively impact your shoulders to some degree later on in life. So yeah. it's just real. 
it's just real. And then at the same time, there's something about having had the opportunity to compete in sports that I'd never want to take out of my life, you know? Yeah. yeah hey, so yeah. what you go, you go push them for the football or how does this work? I'm just being nosy. Yeah, going into high school, I want to definitely hit football really hard. Okay. Like, hard like I, as of, it was in track, like okay. work out every day type thing. Which, so I, obviously I think I just heard you want to do either kickoff or punt return. What else do you want to do? Like, are you, you got good hands? Yeah. Okay, so you want to play like receiver or something, just outrun people? All right, I ain't mad at that player. If I did it over, I might do something like that, where I get to run away from folks. <laughs> like, I ain't tripping, especially if you got speed. Uh, that's what's up. That's what's up. What are, what are your thoughts? Would you allow him to do that, or what What, oh, yeah. which, what yeah, are you we, making him wait for? We've talked about it. Um, my job as a parent slash coach is to have him prepare for whatever is next. Right, real life. Right now, he's in eighth grade, um, so I'm preparing him for the high school. Okay. And if football is what you want to do, I'm going to allow you to. Okay. Well, not even that I have to allow him. You know, you want him to participate. I'm happy that, that, A, that the Lord has given him the ability to get out there and do it. Right, yeah, real life. B, real that life. his mind is expanded enough to go out there. Listen, I tell him, if you ain't played football until you take that first hit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody who plays football knows you don't really know if you want to play football mm -hmm. until you take that hit. Yeah. And Dan, your eyes ain't got to get big. Look at that. seems like, what you talking about? You created hey, that yeah, environment yeah, I was talking yeah, about yeah. earlier. Hey, but that's just real life. And once you take that hit, and one way or another, you go get up. One way or another, you go be cool. But yeah, that hit lets you know. And, and guess what? I've taken some hits. I've taken some hits. And there's something about it, though. This was so crazy. I love the collisions in football enough that I didn't just like hitting people. I took some... Um, I took some uh, blindside hits that was serious, my brother. Hey, and the crazy thing about it, when I was getting hit, so there was one time here, actually, where it was on, I think, a kickoff return or something. Or punt. I can't remember, but the guy was running one way. So I'm running, chasing him at an angle to get to him, and then he stops to cut back the other way. And when I turn with him, watch this. This is real life. I hear everybody in the stands going, Oh. And I'm wondering in my head, like, why are they saying, ooh? And then as I turn, I take a hit so brutal that I began to realize as it's all happening in a split second, time slowed down where I realized, oh, they're saying, ooh, because I'm getting hit. <laughs> hey, someone's hitting me. And when they hit me, I hit the ground and my pride, you know, you don't never stay on the ground. You always get up, right? My brother, once I hit that ground, I hopped up, but my body didn't come with me. <laughs> you hear me? I hopped up, but my body didn't come with me. So then I realized even though my mind was willing it, my body just wasn't ready to get up. And that was a crazy feeling for me that like mentally get up. And then like, oh shoot, my body just took a blow so severe, it's not cooperating. You got me? Mm -hmm. But then I did hop up. And then last but not least to show you, how this works though there was another time where I took that same hit right where I was turning somebody hit me and everybody went crazy right and then I still got up and and tackled the person to the point where everybody went from this loud roar to silent and just staring at me like dang he still made that tackle mm -hmm. and that was the level of respect where when I walked back to silence a crowd of people felt so positive <laughs> 
to have everybody watching you like, oh, wow, hold on. He just took a brutal hit, shook it off, and got up and made that tackle in a brutal way where I knew I was in love with that sport. Football some stuff you fall in love with. You know, it really is. I love basketball, too. I love basketball. I grew up playing basketball. But football is some stuff. It's like a barbaric sport. Mm-hmm. It's barbaric. It's fun. We're going to have fun. <laughs> I'll be there with you. We're going to have some fun. Okay. Hey, look, uh, Fidel, as we, as we wrap up, my brother, if there was any feedback you could give a young student athlete mm-hmm. or their parents that you felt like, okay, look, I may not have this opportunity again to have these people's ear. And I'm going to share this with them. Because at least if they understand this, they have an opportunity to succeed. Whatever it may be, whatever yeah. your thoughts are, what would you share with people? I like to share the perspective of if we can all go back to the day we first signed up. Okay. And it was all about fun. Yeah. Yeah. And continue to make sure that athlete is having fun. That's the that's the first purpose. Mm-hmm. And make sure that as they make it to the next level to the next level to the next level which is hard right yeah yeah but that they're continuing to have fun that they that they want to do it that that you know um you're doing it for all the right reasons making sure that they're getting the warm up the workout the cool down the stretching and the rest right and the nutrition um one of the best things about being around us because we joke about it. My kids get excited when the season's over because they get to eat whatever they want. Yeah. But when we're in season, the nutrition, it just comes with it. It's like, well, what are you doing with that? Why, why, yeah. why are you, you know, and it rubs off with all their peers. Um, surround your kids with solid peers that are, you know, that have similar interests. Um, and <clears throat> do your best because when they become teenagers, they forget about us, right? And they're more influenced by their peers. So do your best to keep that open line of communication. Gotcha. Um, and I feel like, you know, just with all those dynamics, um, a lot of us parents are working all day. You know, well, your kid was out there doing something for eight, nine hours while you was doing what you had to do. So mm-hmm. just coming together, keeping that open line of communication, it 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 allows you to get to know who your kid is evolving into. Right. Remember, I know you when you were playing football and before, you know, from years before. And I can see the man that you evolved into. I appreciate that. Right? A lot more of a role model, a lot more of a a man that is giving a very positive outcome to the next generation in the community. I don't know know about the football guy. It's a different guy. (laughs) But... But we all are evolving, yeah. right? And and some of our mutual friends, we may not. And I talk to my, my son, oh, why don't you talk to this person that much, right? They may have different interests than us, mm-hmm. right? And they may, may be interested in doing some things that were once fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that compromise, what I'm trying to do. Yes. Or hey, even if don't come, doesn't lend to it at this point. Yes. Yeah, real life. And, and you know, at the same time, you know, you're, you're looking at this child as a kid, but this is a young man. Yeah. That life. we want we want to eventually teach him how to raise his family. Right. Real life. Real and, life. And they're gonna watch more of what we do than what we say. Right. 
you know, I oh, try to be a role model, but, but listen, yeah. there's a lot of the things that I do that yeah. I say, Hey man, you know, you want to make sure you're doing this because, because us, Joe, like one thing, I have multiple kids. So my, the, the, the guy that my first son knows yeah. is different than the guy that my young daughter knows. Real life. Real right. Life. Completely different to the first son. I was still that cool guy that was out moving and shaking and making moves. Yeah. But now I'm that disciplined, you know, yeah. and it, it took a level of success, a level of stability Right. right. I still got the same phone number from when, yeah, you, you know, really you understand you what really I'm saying? Do. Like all of these things is what we're teaching that next generation. Yeah. You know, by we're leading by example. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if you keep that balance, communication and, and, and making sure that the kids see your actions, I think I think that it's healthy to raise that athlete, to raise that son, daughter. Um, those are very, very vital. I appreciate and, that. And they all go off the path. Yeah, yeah. But it's how quickly do you get them back onto that path that is most important. Yeah. I appreciate that. John, you get the last word, man. You get the last word. If there's a young student athlete or a parent, whoever you want to talk to, who's out there and you need to tell them something that you feel they need to hear in order uh, to be successful, I don't know, to be happy at what they're doing, whatever might be on your, your head or your heart, what would you share with them? Um, for the young student athletes, I'm saying work hard, and at one point it's all gonna work. It's all gonna pay off, and like, don't worry about what's going on now. It's it's about later. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. Dang, that's deep, my um, boy. That's some stuff I would have wanted to drop on people. Cause hey, look, cause it really is. It ain't just how you start. It's how you finish, huh? Mm-hmm. That's real life. I appreciate you, John. And, Thank you. And if you see your uh, friends. Having drugs or anything like that? What are you? What are you supposed to do? What you do? You walk away. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. That's what's up. That's, that's a what's gem, up. That's a gem from his grandfather. Yeah. He always says, "Man, you ever see your kids, your your friends? They're using dope." He said, "You walk away." Walk away. Walk away. I hear you. Hey, why ain't somebody tell me that when I was running, <laughs> man? Hey, 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 that's a wrap, y'all. You just witnessed three kings talking. Thank you for tuning in to King Talk. Much love.